Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so excited to present to you this part two of in-person interviews I conducted at Lightning Bug Music Festival in Valparaiso, Indiana, which if you listen to part one, you know is just outside of Chicago and took place on September 9th and 10th. If you want to hear part one, just roll this back, uh, scroll up, and uh, part one's right before this one which features an interview I conducted with Tim Carbone and Andrew Altman of Railroad Earth. And I also spoke to Lightning Bug Music Festival organizer, John Westbrook. He's a friend of mine. We closed it down. I spoke to him uh, during the last set of the entire weekend. I was really pleased to be able to sit down with him. Thanks again for being here. For this special episode, as you know, there's a number of different ways that you can get involved with the Roadcase community. First and easiest way is to follow us on the socials. We're at Roadcase Pod on all those socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find out more information about Roadcase by visiting our website, www.roadcasepod.com. If you have any questions, comments, uh, observations, concerns, etc., you can email us. Our email is info at roadcasepod.com. Another great way to support road cases to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform if you're on spotify you just click that little box that says follow right there on the road case homepage on apple Podcasts. there's a check mark up in the upper right hand corner just click that and doing so on those and other platforms will allow you to receive updates when new episodes come into the world Another really easy way to support Roadcase and really helps out the show. It's quick and easy uh, to rate and review Roadcase on Apple Podcasts. You just scroll up a bunch, hit a bunch of stars, write a review. Uh, really appreciate that. And on Spotify, there's a little box with stars underneath that follow box. You just click on that and that'll do it. So for this episode, I'm really happy to have members of Railroad Earth, Andrew Altman, who plays bass, and Tim Carbone on violin and guitar. Uh, this started out to be a rather brief backstage interview of like 15 to 20 minutes, and it just continued to snowball into like 45 minutes to a 50-minute really great interview. Uh, we went in so many different directions. These two guys are just really stellar individuals. Andrew uh, has been with the band for 12 years, and... By the way, uh, he just announced that he is stepping away from Railroad Earth later on this year in November. Uh, so that's a piece of new news that I didn't know during this interview, but worth noting. Uh, Tim's been with the band since its inception. The band's been around for several decades, uh, just a landmark band uh, out there. And they have a new album out. Uh, entitled All for the Song. It's produced by Anders Osborne and was recorded in New Orleans uh, in the wake of the passing of band member Andy Gosling. Uh, R.I.P. Andy, so sorry to, to all the band members and to all the fans for his passing. Uh, it's really, really sad. Uh, to get back to the music, uh, Railroad Earth is doing a show in Colorado in October where they're going to uh, play 
both their first album and the most recent album, Front to Back. Uh, You can check out their website for more information on that. Uh, Thanks again to everyone for being here. I want to send a special thank you to Tim Carbone and Andrew Altman for being here for this spectacular interview. Really appreciate you guys sitting down with me, and I'll pop back on here to talk more about John Westbrook after this one. But in the meantime... Uh, here's me talking with Tim and Andrew. And here we go. Okay, guys, thanks for being with me. I got Tim Carbone and Andrew Altman of Railroad Earth. I'm so happy to have you guys here at Lightning Bug Fest. Like like to jam in a lot of different things i'd like to chat with you about and uh you know the headliner railroad earth tim yeah um how's the summer been going in festivals and um how does how does you know you guys are headlining this is your second set the second night like what's your impressions of lightning bug this is their kind of first year being like a big big festival like talk yeah to me I, a little bit about I love it. it i think it's amazing i mean uh well first of all we've had really great weather and uh yeah and the, the site, you just can't beat the site. Yeah. It's like a perfect place for to do a, a festival. It's really cool. I mean, there's so many different sites, right? I mean, it's like you're in the woods or you're out in the fields, but this is like, it's almost like it's a, have you walked out here? It's like a natural oh, yeah. amphitheater. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a natural amphitheater. Yeah. I mean, and it, you know, it there's is. no bad seat. There, no one can yeah. stand and I'm a tall guy and like, I mean, no people can stand behind me and still see. Like we're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's amazing sight lines. Yeah. Yeah. What about from a playing perspective and uh, just hospitality and stuff? What are you thinking? Uh, everything's been pretty good. I yeah. mean, uh, the, the playing, the, I mean, the production is is uh, top notch. Uh, you know, the hospitality has been good. I would say good plus. Yeah. You know, uh, not not excellent. Okay. Because that takes, you know. They did have a massage table over here. I don't know if you saw that. But John Westbrook, the organizer, is a friend of mine, so I am kind of biased. <laughs> no. Well, no, everything's been great. So, and, and they're super, they're, they're super pro. Yeah. Everything is coming off, you know, or, you know, essentially on time and, and well done. Yeah. 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 Andrew, what are your thoughts on just the yeah, like, festival life? I mean, I'm just kind of curious about it. Festival life or this festival life? This festival life. Let's start with that. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with Tim. Setup, the setup's good. Production, especially, you don't see that a lot uh, in first time festivals. This is the first year for this one, and a lot of times, um, you know, understandably, promoters trying to get their feet off the ground, budgets are tight, and, you know, they'll go for the sort of minimum production-wise, which is not a great business approach, but yeah. they, they, have, they have not done that here. They've, they've the know, nice yeah. big stage, quality equipment. Yeah, I know. uh, I know from a from a fact that John was like that was a thing for him was definitely like we're gonna we're gonna spend a lot of money on a really great PA here and like make it sound really good. It it looks like they got proper amenities for the fans too. I I haven't been out in the field yet, but I can see from here. You know, it's like a lot of vending options and things like that. It's not like you know some festivals you do. It's like you know one sandwich booth and like that's it. Which even if you got a few hundred people, that could be. Yeah, how does that disaster? They got some good options. Yeah, if 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 um if people in the attendees aren't happy, like how does that affect you guys on stage, Tim? Does that like does that sort of that vibe kind of reverberate? It kind of doesn't. They're they're mostly for the music. I mean, if they're gonna people are especially you know uh, veteran festivarians, (laughs) kind of know they have you know they got to 
you know, just uh, as the British say, just get on with it, don't you? Yeah. you know. It's going to, it'll have a circular effect. It doesn't affect you in the moment, but if word gets out, especially at a new festival, that, uh, you know, that there's, uh, you know, not, that it's like not an enjoyable environment, that yeah. like maybe the music's great, but everything else is not, then people aren't going to go. It can have a and ripple then, effect. Yeah. I mean, and if it doesn't, you I mean, artists, we want the festivals to be successful. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, so like we're railroad. It's, it's Earth not going to affect you going. this year, but, you know, if festivals don't happen, you mean the more festivals, the better. So, you know. Yeah. You don't want people to say, oh, we're a railroad fan, but we're not going to come see you at that festival because they didn't take care exactly. of us. Or, or if people don't come, then the festivals don't happen. <laughs> yeah, you don't right. want that. Yeah, precisely. You what know? kind of, what are you seeing? Like, this is our first real summer back after COVID. Um, you guys are doing tons of festivals, tons of shows. Tim, Actually, we haven't done as many festivals as we normally do in a typical summer. Um, yeah. I think I think what ha- what's happened is uh, there are other, uh, for me, unforeseen ve- venues have opened up. There's a lot of larger breweries that are doing outdoor shows in the summer. Mm. There seem to be more, like, town festivals that are coming off and and the, uh, the so that's kind of a different vibe but but really cool um because you make new you make new fans with city festivals because it's not like people are like looking and putting it on their calendar to this is what we're going to do this summer we're going to this right. festival to see blah 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 yeah yeah we're going to go see rare earth because we see rare earth now you go to a town festival or you probably get a thousand people that never even heard of you yeah, yeah. to see the band and you know 10 percent of them they go like whoa that's cool yeah yeah, definitely. Same vibe as like, you know, opening act, you know, play in front of fans yeah. that don't necessarily know you. But yeah, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. So sure. we've done we've done a we've done a few uh, kind of a few of all of the above, you know, mm-hmm. and and festivals, too, obviously. Yeah. Um, Andrew, you joined the band about roughly 10 or 12 years ago. And yeah, I was 2010. Yeah, we were joking like you're the new guy, but that would be the old well, guy. No, not no, not anymore. Uh, not the new guy, but you know, you're, unfortunately, you're, you know, we lost a, a founding know, member, Andy Gessling. You know, sorry and uh, since his passing, you know, we've had uh, Mike Robinson and Matt Slocum are kind mm-hmm. of like the mainstays. Yeah, in his position. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So not not the new guy anymore. So in 2010, what was that like stepping into these to this band? Um, and what were the circumstances that brought that about? By the way, um, well, you know, I. I mean, I can't speak to the the previous guy's departure too, too much. You know, he quit. Like, yeah, pretty simple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but um, simple. No, I mean, coming in was was it's about the best situation you could ask for. I mean, Tim yeah. and the guys they would they like they gave me room to be myself, but also like there was a defined sound for the band. Mm-hmm. So. Was that a sound that you related to? Obviously, that's why I wanted to join. I drove all the way up from Atlanta to audition in in New Jersey in the middle of winter. (laughs) Right? Yeah, because it's that's a that's that's rough for an Atlanta boy. Based on that, yeah, right. Yeah, he's in. I've never driven in the snow or anything. That was the actual test. Yeah, yeah. Playing was like no. It was. It was. You made it. You got the job. Got the job. There you go. Those guys are railroad earth. They are. They're. They're slave drivers over there. It's. It's. You can't ask for better. To. To. You know. At least have enough of an established sound that you have a starting point, but to be given the freedom to be like, you know, if you're like, hey, I want to try, this is how I would do this. I want to try this. And yeah. these guys are like, yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah. You know, you're um, in the lane you play in. I really enjoyed, I, I love bass and uh, I really enjoyed it yesterday. There's like just spectacular bass lines. I was completely Thanks, enthralled with what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And Tim, yeah, just the violin playing and the guitar playing. What kind of guitar was that, by the way? That's, a, that's made by uh, a fellow out of Asheville 
uh, North Carolina named John Whitman. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a custom. That's his yeah, design. Yeah, I've never seen something like that. It's really cool. The, the body uh, is his design, and the neck is something that he had manufactured to his spec- specifications. Have you always played guitar and violin, or did you start out? What did you start out doing? Drums. Well, really? Oh, yeah. okay. I was a drummer first. I was, that came uh, out of left field. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Yeah. Does that help you? I think it does. Um, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know that I actually call myself a drummer, but I can play the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and I, I, I do believe it's helped my timing. I still play the drum. I have drums in my studio. I go in there and play for a half an hour, forty five minutes, pretty much every day. I'm home. Yeah, I'll just turn on a metronome and just play. Yeah, and you know, it's cool. It's also it's a it's a little cathartic because you just you're not really thinking about anything except for honing in on the metronome and, and beat it's drums. almost like like the <laughs> basis of music is drumming you know it's like it's the re, the true universal language it doesn't anybody can be handed a drum and and and, and pound it right i mean talk to mickey hart about it and he just came out with i think he just got together the old guys from planet drum and it's like um yeah just drumming is as well as, you know, as religion <laughs> and as a spiritual event i mean Andrew, you're in that wheelhouse too, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I'm I the like bridge that. The bridge to the, to the drums the, and the melody. Yeah. Right. Yeah, everyone walks all over me. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> it's not uh, like that. Well, t- tell bridge me. Bridge is a bad analogy a bit about that. because no, no, yeah, a like, bridge is a utilitarian thing, but but it's you're uh, the connection between yeah. the the backbeat and yeah. the fr- and the front. Would that- yeah. Well, the drums and the bass are like the the foundation. You know, you can look at it as a building. You yeah. Know? And if the foundation isn't solid, the the the, the house is going to fall down. So that's kind of that's the way I look at it. Right. The, and I, you know, the the other stuff like uh, the filigree of the violin and the different, in, uh, the, you know, the organ is kind of like the connective tissue. Yeah. You know that kind of thing and. But the drums and the bass are, you know, if they're not solid, then I love that. Then it's not solid, right? Right. I mean, that goes for so many bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, it's definitely a, um, it's definitely a connecting instrument, but it can also do as much walking on other people. <laughs> it well, do, also, I think bass players get away in a get. I don't mean this, to make this a blanket statement, statement, but there, I think there are just some bass players that just like pound out two notes. And I think just you know, bass kind of gets, gets like, oh, yeah, it's that guy up there that's kind of mellow and not really paying attention and just playing two notes. But then there are others that really differentiate themselves. Well, this is this is an interesting this this is an interesting point. It's related to like what Tim said, like it, it, it for me, it depends on what's going on around it, at least for at least for me. I mean, mm. some guys get that, that because that's just their that's their survive mm-hmm. you know um and they like that like relaxed thing you know what i mean and um uh i like to i worked on playing bass to be able to have enough skills to be able to do a variety of things you mm-hmm. know have a lot of options and i always ended up in bands before this one where it was like super um yeah what's the word super technical drummers drummers are really busy and i was the guy kind of like what you were saying maybe not playing two notes but i had to be like here's the time you know while everyone else goes off and yeah i left out the part that maybe it is necessary that a bass a blaze player just holds down those couple of notes so it depends but it depends because i was in groups like that and just used to holding it down and when i joined this group I was I was doing that, but like Carrie is that guy in this band. Mm-hmm. It's just super solid, you know what I mean? Like not he doesn't get into like 
the the the, the flashy dramatic stuff like he he's right. he's the rock of everything yeah but you know so but this band relies a lot on improvisation for its biggest moments mm-hmm. and so it took me a few years to kind of like find a place where i could add a new dimension uh, to what had already been because like i was free to move around a lot more i didn't have to Interesting. It, it had been a habit for me but i didn't have to do it at all times in this band because you could always count on carrie to to be like holding it down and so there's it's, so it's giving places. me a lot of freedom the more buildings a balance it has yeah. to be a balance because yeah i mean i mean after all bass and drums are the rhythm section the yeah. foundation so there had there there needs to be rhythmic interplay yeah that's, that's part of the the groove of the song mm-hmm. right so you and as a bass player if you're going to play in between notes Ooh. you still have to be aware of the groove and play yeah. with the drummer so it's not it's and you can only, and you can only. That's what I'm saying is you can only get away with that if you have a drummer that you can rely on. That's gonna. That yeah. If you are gonna wander off the trail, right. they're there gonna to be there. You. In the past, I was in bands where I was the one that was always gonna be straight, and the drummer was always wandering off the path. And oh, it was sure. me that was, so it's about knowing your situation. Too, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Context. Tim, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Sorry, Andrew. Um, Tim, tell me a little bit about the intersection of rock and bluegrass in this band that I'm really I'm really interested in 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 the way you guys play and the way that there are there's rock elements. But, you know, for the most part, you, you have acoustic instruments, quote unquote. Uh, it is a bluegrassy band that's got a drummer also. So there's a lot of crossover elements here. Can you? Um, well, I, 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 I'm not really a bluegrass fiddle player i just play one on tv same so, same here there you go, <laughs> there you go. so uh, okay. you know I, I love all kinds of music i like to play all kinds of music um i'm influenced by uh, if i was going to pick a genre that i was mostly influenced by mm-hmm. it, it probably wouldn't be bluegrass okay what would it be it would be uh probably rock and prog rock yeah i mean so what are your kind of musical north stars uh <clears throat> well one of my one of my gurus is uh, is this uh, Indian Serengi player named Ustad Sultan Khan. Okay, and uh, and he it's the way he approaches with us. It's a serang a serangi is a weird little instrument that it's a stringed instrument that's bowed, right? But um, it's not bowed. You don't finger it like a violin. You put your finger under it and you slide the string on your fingernails so that's what that how they get that underneath the fretboard underneath, and no, between no. the fretboard and the string yeah. oh, there's no fretboard well, there's no well there's a fretboard but there's no frets so to speak so your finger operates as a fret, as the fret and it slides it's like so you know that you you know the serengi sound even if you don't don't recognize it okay. the name of it because if you heard uh the beatles song within you without you yeah when yeah that that's that, that, that right yeah that's a serengi that's i thought it was a sitar no. but that's what how much i know he's there's a sitar there too but he's not playing actually it's not even a sitar that's a tambora that you hear that going on in the background and then that he'll pick it out at the end when it when it goes to the end they go when it goes to the end it goes that's just somebody just playing all the strings in a row. Interesting. And then you have that you have that great tabla. Boom. So that's your vibe. Yeah. That's kind that, of my that's vibe. like yeah. that's like your vibe. Is that how you got to all this? No. I kind of made to I, I got to all this just you know, I just play I have to be honest, I uh what well, I, I never really took lessons, so I just result relied on working on the the technique 
uh, as best I could to, mm-hmm. to sound the notes. And then once I got that to the point where I didn't have to think about about it that much, that's when right at that almost at that nexus moment was when I realized, oh, yeah, that's like the whole point. Stop thinking. Ah, oh, interesting. So I I try to stop thinking and just la- allow like something else that I don't necessarily take complete credit for like to basically comes to me interesting can you stop thinking andrew when you play bass it seems like you gotta kind of be thinking because you're involved in the rhythm tim if, has if, the luxury if you oh, yeah. will well, of, of, i can stop playing whenever i want right people that would like me to stop playing so if, they, if, <laughs> if i've stopped thinking it's it's something very bad has happened yeah <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, 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 like yeah, if yeah. I've accidentally had too much to drink, or, right. or the I have, inner I've become unconscious. Yeah. yeah. Well, when yeah. I say stop thinking, it's like I is I try not to think ahead or be analytical. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I try not to examine it too closely because yeah. it's like one of those things. It's kind of like looking at the sun, just like. No, I know what you mean, it, and it is, but it is. I know, I know, I know what you mean, but it is. It is a big difference with like being a rhythm section instrument of any kind where you're playing all the time. The the, the way I. The, the metaphor I always use was like, it's kind of like driving on the interstate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you you, you don't have to think too much, but you do have to pay attention, you know? <laughs> like, right, right. Or you're, you're going to drift off the road. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Know where you, you sort of have to know where you're going. Which is you funny because, yeah, as, I've, as, as like time has gone on, that's like, it's funny, like different things can affect that where like, um, this, you know, part of growing up was like, like when I was younger and then getting in, getting into like more extended jam stuff, like you're playing a cover bands, like, yeah, you, you can, you can have a bunch of drinks and you can like, cause it's all adrenaline and like, right. but if you're like deep in some jam and you've like had too much to drink, at least for me, you've totally you, you're just kind you of are. like, you, you can just like lull yourself into like, you just get super lazy and, and it's not great. And, and, um, as a as the opposite can be true if i have too much coffee and, and i'm playing we're in some jam my mind will wander i can bite the hands of right, autopilot right. and be like oh man i wonder about like such a, you know like yeah, i wonder well, such a, and, and i'll blow right through a stop sign yeah like exactly. like right, right you know right, right. a chorus will come up and i'll just be like oh, whoops oh. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah so is the opposite though true tim when you're inside a jam like that do you have to sort of stop yourself from thinking where you're going where's your head at when you're really out there on the on the on the edge because if we're you know there's that there's andrew's perspective where you sort of have to know where you're going but then we're sort of philosophically talking about not thinking when you're playing i'm i'm always aware of where i am in the song yeah or you know mostly where um (laughs) um so yeah but uh, you know, I guess to, to to continue with the the interstate uh, metaphor. Sure, why not? Um, when you got a good metaphor, you just got to hop. Yeah, on. well, like so, like he's in the rhythm section, so essentially he's driving the car. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm in the car you're having, having a conversation. You're a hitchhiker, dude. Yeah, and I'm having a conversation. <laughs> so he's yeah, allowed yeah, yeah. to talk back at me, which we, yeah. we have in, we have inter we, we yeah. interact with each other. I love as, having this. I got the back beat and I got the yeah. front end and the yeah. um, in no, the it's same funny, car. The more it's I wonderful. Think about it. Yeah, it's definitely a different thing because we definitely get into these like, uh, of course, these like one chord things and like this is where our jobs kind of diverge because like I'm having to support and pay attention and listen to what people have done like maybe before him in the same song and like mm. find ways to support it and then by the time it gets around to him or it's not always him this last but and you want to support it differently you know, i'm still trying to like I, i'm like sitting here trying to come up like 
dig deep into my like bank of ideas to like his job difficult where, where you know to, to that's, that's your job that's my job to make him diffi- <laughs> make it as difficult as possible for, yeah well, for Andrew, and, and, and well, that's when it comes that's when it sounds the best where it's like it's he, complicated you know, and weird others, and makes you guys work harder well yeah. and other soloists have time to have time to like sort of either sit and reflect or put but i have to do it like all in real time to be reflecting on what's happening and be like ready for what's about to happen yeah. and like that that can right. get so you have the so, hardest job in the band is what you're saying no, I'm sorry. Did I just I like, like so? I mean, you know, the way the way Real Earth plays on a lot of our songs is, yeah. is like uh, it's 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 not always like okay, you take a solo and then you take a yeah. solo. I mean, half the times it's like we're kind of just having a conversation, like right. the, like the, in in the in the jam band world, it, we the uh, musicians seem to have uh, rediscovered the lost art of conversation where wherein you can talk to someone and that person is listening to you and they're going to then they'll respond in kind but they're not necessarily uh, they're they're at the same time as they're listening to you they, they're, they are like absorbing what you're saying so that they can respond to it in kind yeah and, and in a way that that uh, that Either uh, you know, like it's just another part like of the conversation, or it's a compelling, or it's, it's a compelling uh, thing. Yeah, like a retort to what you're yeah. saying. It's right. like a, it's a conversation, and it's yeah. music. It's a musical conversation. It's and it's and we never boring, get, and it's never intriguing. Th- not only from your performer perspective, but from th- also from a listening perspective. Yeah. It's like challenging. A ha- there's like a half a dozen songs in our repertoire where that happens between the entire freaking band. Yeah, that yeah. whole thing just gets spun around, and it yeah. becomes this like this musical puzzle that goes and right. builds to a crescendo and then everybody kind of knows where we're going into the next section yeah but then that, that's you know so fucking amazing that's where the yeah. juice is man. yeah that's where the juice yeah, is that's where the juice is my favorite moments yeah yeah you know because they're, the- they're the most consistently like elevating yeah whereas like you know the other ones where it's like one chord and we have a lot of soloing that that's great in a different way because it can depending on where any one person is at that night it can go so it can go groups. even yeah. further, but it can also it can also be like struggling to find a liftoff. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like the handoff. Do you find all these different elements? Kind of. There's there's parts of these elements every night when you're playing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever talk about it? We uh, do. We uh, like. Well, here's how we talk about it. Um, normally, on a good night, on the on a proper night, mm-hmm. we'll have a little meet. You know. We'll uh we'll have a lot we'll have a little meeting get together, um, uh, and say here's just you know mostly uh, it, it's kind of more necessary now for us to do it and we have to do it because we have members that are newer to the band and mm-hmm. and so we're trying to we're still trying to figure out how to integrate everyone in. So we'll have a little conversation. Okay, on this song we're going to do this. Yeah, and then the other thing that we always do is our mandolin player who writes our sets is also Mister Segway. So he is always thinking about like, oh, well, how are we going to go from one song to another? And let's tie let's let's tie four songs together mm. and make it kind of a suite or something like that. And, yeah. and the other thing that he does that um, sometimes defies logic only, but only only to him, <laughs> and, and is that he'll think of something that happened in history during the, the, at this day, and he'll just. He'll he'll design nice. a set with songs that. with that, that. In, in mind, or yeah. he'll take like one he'll take one song and go like oh well this song has 
like the word day in it, but so does this song. And that song, you know, I'm just making that up. But yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you guys, are you into that? Or are you like, oh, brother, like, what the fuck are you doing now? I'm mostly into it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, kinda, I mean, I, my, that sounds like a ringing no, endorsement. No, too. I mean, my thing is like, John puts in the thought and effort into writing a compelling set list. That's good enough for me. Yeah, whatever he me needs too. to get there. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, whatever yeah. he needs to get there is fine uh, with me. You're just an he's, enabler, Andrew. He's a, he's, <laughs> he is uh, a remarkably well-read, and he also has. Uh, he's got. He his memory is kind of like a spider web, but sh- like shit just gets caught in there, and it just. Right, he just doesn't get out, you know, and yeah. so he'll just There's all kinds of bones and Dude, like body okay. parts and like one part of this. Web. He'll 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 watch a movie, and weeks later he will recite the dialogue to you, and and dozens oh, I, I and dozens that, of way. movies. He'll, I mean, it's just like okay, you're just a freaking nut. Right, he's gonna be my next guest for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, oh no, he's a, he'll he'll be a great. Although yeah, so so. So a couple of things I want to talk to you guys about, and I know you're limited on time because you got your set coming up. You got to like figure that out and stuff. Um, but um, I want to talk to you about sort of the direction of jam grass and um, where that's going. Tim, you've been around for so long. Andrew, you've been around for like in this band for 12 years. What have you seen? Um, is it inspiring to you? Are you guys at the forefront of that? Are you learning from other bands? Is there an interplay? Do you watch what Green Sky's doing? Do you get inspiration from what um, you know Yonder's doing or what the String Dusters are doing or any other band? And is there like is there sort of unintentional collaboration to a, in in the Jamgrass community or is there is there an overall philosophy or am I sort of overstating it? I I, I no I wouldn't. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be presumptuous enough to tell you that you're overstating it. However, uh, I think that we're in a little bit different position, only because we uh, all the bands that you mentioned are came on the predecessors. Scene. Pre- no, you're, you're the predecessor. We're the predecessor yeah. to them, right? Um, That's so why I said at the beginning, like you guys have been around, but then there's yeah. these other bands that they're also yeah. adding to yeah. it, whether they started it or so, not. You so can t- hear, tell me where I, you started well, and where it is now. Well, I, and I'll now. just something that's going on right now. And I on like in the music in the background. I don't know if anybody can hear it, but little, it, little smokies. Yeah, it's a little smokies. But what they're playing right now, uh, the bass is basically playing one note on the root. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. Like up tempo bluegrass. The guy's singing in a keening way. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, we can total that. green sky bluegrass. So, right, this sounds like bl- green sky bluegrass playing right now. Yeah. And so your answer to your question: Do do other Jam grass bands listen to, I would imagine they do. I don't know that we do, mostly because like our our music has been, it's sort of like uh, you know when you make a bully bass, you have you're gonna make a or or you're gonna make a uh, like a jambalaya, you're gonna make the roux first, right? So in, we throw in the in the roux is bluegrass, but all the other stuff that we add on it is definitely not bluegrass. It's all everything else, and and the, the and it's all based around. The, the 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 note then like in food you like what's the note or a, or an, uh, or an, a good wine you know yeah the yeah. note is Todd Schaefer's songs so everything is based around the songs you know so it's almost essentially except for the jamming which is part of what we do mostly everything is in service to the song has the jamming changed since 
inception for example since the early days oh definitely has yeah. changed yeah we're a lot more explore- conceptually or just from a skill perspective like you get better over little, time obviously yeah yeah it's 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 a little bit of both i mean it's uh, also we've things have become uh i would say almost exponentially more exploratory in certain songs uh-huh. so when but when the band first started we we had a couple songs where that happened two or three yeah now it's like a third of the show might be this more uh exploratory improvisational thing are you liking where it's going yeah always yeah yeah or else we probably wouldn't go in that direction yeah i mean i mean you're controlling it it's really kind of an i mean i swear to god it's like we're we're all responding to the songs when schaefer brings in a song yeah we're making up our parts and what and what is it gonna and we all talk about and we all we, we all take part in the arrangement of the songs right which which is what makes them uniquely rare on earth i think Hmm. And, uh, but you know, it's all, I, you know, when, when it's, when it's all said and done, it's the songs. Yeah. It's, it's about the songs. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, you want to add to that or yeah, where do you well, see I'm that? In, I mean, you asked it in more like a general sense about where, if I understood the question correctly, more like where James You're going to make me restate the question that no, I asked no, I mean, 10 like, minutes ago. I'm sorry. I'm just, no, I'm just, yeah. Uh, no, it's, um, yeah. Where do you see yourself? Where? What's the progression been? Well, in my time alone, I've been impressed with like how much how successful like pure string bands been. Like the Smokies are playing right now. Like in the in the past, the biggest artists in the scene were always, um, you know, they were always had drums and they were they they had more feet in the rock or jam band. Yeah, you know, like as in drums. Yeah. Then 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 in the then in the then in the string band thing, but but they're. Ever since, um, you know, like Yonder was kind of the first one to really take it to like a bigger level. Yeah. But since then, it's just been getting bigger. I mean, Green Sky got bigger than Yonder and Billy Strings is bigger than anyone. Yeah. yeah. Like no drums, just a string band. It's getting huge. You know, and and it's it's an amazing time to be in. Yeah, that that, that is like the newest as far as like a general thing that is like in the last in just in my time has really happened, you know, because in the 90s and stuff any jam band like they might play a little bluegrass or there might be string bands but it was like kind of minor league all the all the big acts all had drums and were yeah, like sure. big you know and the string bands are making it work it's, uh, is there it's a pretty le- interesting yeah is there a level of pre- this is not my last I got one more after this is I, there a level you're free to do we're not we're not, not we're not really uh, oh okay okay, okay cool yeah thanks um, is there a level of pressure with all the in, in being in this 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 genre that's really snowballing at this point, really getting a lot of momentum, new bands, other bands that are just like really pushing boundaries. What do you? Uh, well, what, what's your view you know, on it's, that? It's, I, it's part of part of me saying or remains to be seen. Um, only reason why I say that is because the, the, the really the first artist that has basically jumped. The fence, so to speak, into a mainstream uh, situation yeah. is Billy's Trains. Right. And I mean, I was just on it. I took a flight out here from, uh, to Chicago from Newark, and uh, yeah. on on the plane, I'm going through the, the oh, what's what's what are, what movies are going on? And on the guy on the damn plane, there's a freaking documentary about Billy Strings on the airplane. <laughs> You know, yeah, I read. Yeah. I'm a. I'm kind of an Anglophile nut job. I like British music. I like British bands. I go to England. Like, I've been to this festival over there. I love End of the Road like six or seven times. Right. But you never see anything. Uh, there's not a whiff of jam band over there. Yeah. 
Nothing. Sure. They look down their nose at it. It's like, <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't stay on the, you can't stay on the song, can you? It's two minutes fifty. Don't you, you know that? Good, I, don't, I don't think you know. Like I thought about this too, and I don't know, know so much the length of improvisation because there's other improvisational styles that are very popular in Europe. Jazz, yeah. was very popular in Europe. Still is, even when it had kind of died off. Right, and that's like blues is hugely great, popular. Blues too. Yeah, you know. There's like and, blues but, artists but that the, are the, like the huge. difference. Yeah, yeah, the difference with the jam band stuff and like blues and jazz and things is there's there's like there's a lot less pretense. You know what I mean? There, it's more accessible personality wise. There's less. There's also artists, not in, in, a, a lot of times. Don't strike me down for saying this. It's not a hippie following, quote unquote. Well, well, yeah, but no, the artists yeah, exactly right. But yeah. the artists take themselves a little less seriously, like as far as a personality, they take the music seriously. But you mean they don't in the take jam the, band? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah, th- sure. That's There's like a, a common thing. Whereas, yeah. like jazz and blues artists, they project that like some of them are pretentious, but some of them are just they they take take themselves very seriously. And yeah. like I think for whatever reason, European audiences connect with that, you yeah, know, right. and they just don't connect with the easygoing, like we're in this together community thing that that is fostered in the scene people love here. Yeah, it's a more it's, intellectual kind of endeavor exactly. I think, than it, it is yeah. sort of just it, visceral it, and it, organic yes. that it's it kind of it's kind of funny being, and i was to finish my my thought was yeah. with the billy strings uh thing was that so i i read i've been i've subscribed to mojo magazine for since like ni- 1994 mm-hmm. and it's just like you know the the it's the greatest music magazine on the planet and it's british yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know and so you never read anything about the jam bands in there at all until the last three months they had they no did kidding. a whole article on molly tuttle did a whole article on billy strings and it's getting more and more and and here's the weirdest thing it's like i just went to i got invited to go over i did a i, I produced a record and on this project the drummer was dave maddox from the fairport convention and mm-hmm. also jethro tall and he's done th- three records with paul mccartney yeah and he invited my wife and I and a couple of members of the band I was working in to, to go over to the, the Fairport Convention's Property Festival that they do every year for 47 years. Wow. And uh, it was amazing, unbelievable. And the thing that I liked about it or that I found shocking about it was that it was a, it was a freaking hippie festival in England. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It was were- every hippie in Europe. It was all of them in one place. Every single it, it one was, got invited. I, it was except, just, except that one guy in Germany didn't show up. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, so and the guy, the one of the guys from one of the bands called uh, Home Service, um, great band, and he just had this lead singer, and he wrote all the songs, and then in the middle of it, he said something that would be something that someone would say at a festival like this. He came up to the mic, and all of his songs are politically, you know, motivated. Yeah, and he comes up, he goes, you know, it's like. It's all the troubles in the world. You know, you can see that we're going in the wrong direction. It's obvious. We don't, I, don't, I don't have the answers. I don't think I have the answers. But I think, I think you lot have the answers. Right. Because the only answer is just look out for each other, which is what you lot are doing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's when the vibe catches on is when it becomes yeah. kind of more of a jam band and that community, like you were saying, Andrew. Sort yeah, there's like definitely comes, like a theme comes in, around. In, our, in our scenes. It's, it's like the every... It's like the everyman music, you know what I mean? The yeah. artists on stage make an effort to like identify with and connect with the audience and, and, and welcome that sort of exchange, at least spiritually, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very accessible, you know what I mean? There's no, whereas like, 
some some of the appeal of like for for me like music that I like. Um, I mean, I was into jam bands when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as like just a pure fan goes. Yeah. But music I've listened to in my adult life is is like I like artists that feel unapproachable. Partly because I am a musician and like <laughs> I, I want to listen to people that I feel like do something that I can't do. You know what I mean? I'll feel unapproachable in the sense that, oh my God, this guy's so great. I can't even walk up to him and say, yeah, like, but I like that. I, I like that. Uh, okay. I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need the Well, artist. you like that because you want that. I don't know you, why. I, I, I want the artists. It's, I like artists that are like a little mysterious and hard to understand maybe. And like, you, you know, some, yeah. some, some, not or all apparently of that way. Not, not all. You of haven't it. met these guys and talked to them, but yeah. you're admiring what they do. Whereas like, sometimes it's like when you, you don't want the, to break the fourth wall as a fan. Kinda, you do not want to break the fourth kinda, wall. Kind of. Cause once you know them and you like, it makes it just like it, it makes their art different that they're, they're then they feel like you, a peer it's interesting as they an interview, like peer, interviewer when, when myself you, i face this quite a bit because i've completely broken that rule over and over again yeah that's not who i am yeah. <laughs> i can tell, a personal I can thing tell for that. me yeah. you know and i understand exactly what you're saying andrew because like as a fan and as someone who's also I, i've broken the fourth wall because i'm interviewing and i'm going backstage yeah. and i'm talking to artists i don't want to meet my favorite it, artists i don't want to <laughs> i sort of i sort of do because i it doesn't diminish my appreciation of the yeah. musical experience at all in right. fact it makes it better yeah um and uh, it's only it's a drag up when you, it turns out they're, yeah, assholes. they're assholes right well you hear that story all the time but how much do you really actually i don't believe the stories uh most of them when they say oh you know i met that guy and he was an asshole yeah. I, I i need more info than just that you know i i i think it's inter- i think it's that's a popular thing to say is like it's, you don't want to meet your artist well, your first of all, artist. unless the person does like a complete dick move there's no way to really know that whether someone's an asshole when you, on, on first meeting. Right. And especially first right. meeting of like right. you're a fan. Yeah. And you're I mean, that's just, just no way. It's, it's awkward. It's awkward. And, and, you know, the other thing is, is that you can totally get, I know, because I played with uh, Phil Lesh and that whole inner circle of the Grateful Dead. They are so, they, they are like, like uh, numbed from the, from the fame and, uh, and all of that. And they're, and they're actually like, legitimately frightened they, and so they're not they're not interested they won't talk to anybody they're, well not too much interested in doing any of that yeah 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 i can see how that after many many years but um to transition to that it's a little bit of a mental health sort of idea uh railroad earth has spoken about about mental health you've had some interesting things to say can you give me your perspective on that and how that's touched you and how that um how just mental health awareness has become part of what railroad earth does uh, well, we've had a number of uh, close friends that have, you know, taken their own lives. Mm. Uh, Neil Casal, who I've, I knew since he was 18 years old, yeah, and, uh, you know, which was a total shock. But I'm so you know, sorry about that. I had Dave Schools on the show, um, you know, talking about his the tribute album. We talked quite a bit about mental health and talked about Neil as well. And yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, uh, well, I was, yeah, it was kind of. It was a shock. It's still a. a sh- I still kind of can't believe. Jeff too, you know, Jeff Awesome. We we yeah. played it as yeah the 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 big memorial event in in Colorado. I mean, it was like it was crazy. Yeah, you know? the, yeah, yeah. So and you know, for me, my only experience or my recent experience with depression came like in mid twenty twenty when all of a sudden I realized that I didn't really feel like doing anything besides go I live on a lake and I all I really wanted like for weeks on end I, all I would do is get up and have coffee and go sit down by the lake and stare at the water. You know. And mm. then I was like, okay, this is I, I was, at first I was like, oh well, you know, I have nothing else to do. And then I realized it was like 
I don't really fucking want to do anything else. I just can't. I'm not motivated to do anything but like just sit down by the lake and stare at the birds. Yeah. You know, and then I was like, oh, wait, this is what depression is. I have no motive. That's not me. I'm like the Energizer Bunny guy that is always doing something. I always have a project I'm working on. I'm always doing it's always something that was like. At that moment, what gave you the awareness that that was actually maybe not? That's, my wife told me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why are you going down there again, honey? Yeah. She. What's, no. She's just like you know. You're depressed. You just don't. Know, you just you haven't experienced it before. But that that's what's going on with you. What how what time frame was this? This was uh, middle of the. This was like basically started around early July in 2020. It was the summer of the pandemic when like we we were forced yeah. into you know. I was like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to be a gentleman farmer. I started my first garden. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of, I was like, yeah, what else am I going to do? I mean, right. I can't play music, staying away from everybody. Yeah. So how did you um, take care of yourself or what, what sort of steps did you take? I mean, recognition. Smoked a lot of weed. A- no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, that, that's what got you there in the first place. Yeah. Right. Actually, I, I don't really, I don't, that's not, I don't really smoke a lot of weed. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a lightweight. Yeah, um, same. But I, you know, I just kind of, I just got on, got on with it. I, I, I got actually it was a, a kind of a stroke of luck that I had two bands that decided to say, "Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. We want you to come out and produce records for us." And so I drove my car to Denver. I borrowed an RV to park behind the studio. <laughs> and I, I made I, I was out there for two weeks and I made two records. Right. And that that totally turned it around for me because when I'm in the studio, that's like that's like ten hours of hyper creative thinking at all times. Yeah. You know. From, well, you were lucky that you had that outlet and recognized totally. it and just said like, no, this is what I need to do to sort of get myself out of that downward spiral. It's a little compl- bit. complete luck because I yeah it, I got the call. I didn't make the calls, so right. it was just like just happened, and that's what kind of pulled me out of it. I think. So in the shadow of events that led to the passing of Jeff and Neil, then this occurred. And in your own life, did that have what impact did that have on you personally? And how did you take that? Did you take that out there? Well, I had a greater I have a, a greater understanding of. Look, let's be clear. My state of depression was nothing compared to people that are that are like truly, truly like. To, to, yeah, that's to, that's what I was going to add. If to you it, don't get like help, what 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 he went through is, is 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 real. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when when circumstances become so bad or unusual for you, which for us being kicked off the road is about as extreme as you can have happen. Right. You know, uh, we also lost our, I mean, I, but that whole summer I, I was making no money. I was, I didn't get, I didn't get the PPP until the fall, mm. like until the end of September. So I, I, I spent a lot of time like, that's the other thing. I, I mean, and that's part of it too. Cause so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, I all of a sudden realize that now I'm no longer like, participating in the breadwinning in in my family mm. now i'm like I'm, I, there was a part of me was like it, i'd be fucked if my wife didn't work in a hospital and she's a you know essential worker because yeah the, the, we'd be screwed yeah if, if she it like, really underscores the like how multi-layered the in, just depression and mental health um and those kind of challenges yeah. that people faced 
in the environment of COVID and and losing one's direction, well, losing was, one's well, yeah, livelihood. What I was going to add to what he said is what the, the net effect is the same, that the symptoms and the, and the sensation and the effects are, are just as real when something has happened to you situationally, situationally that renders you unable to function and, and find joy in things that previously gave you joy. But I've also had... Um, you know, like related to what he's saying, and, and things that have like taken the lives of people like Jeff and Neil is like it's more is like more of a genetic component. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I have family members that have like genetic mental health issues, and um, and you know, people that don't seek help for them, it it can take their lives, and if it doesn't, it can severely diminish their quality of life. If right. they do seek help, which this is the thing that I'm happy to see about the movement, these family members of mine. Uh, the ones who have sought help have been able to lead a more fulfilling life. Yeah, you know because they've they had people they, who they, they, they were had the presence of mind to like seek help and they they and they had the kind of depression where it required medication and therapy. Yeah, and like and even with those things, it just gets you to like a, a base level. Of, whereas like I've been fortunate like yeah. that I didn't get those genetic. They, I didn't get that side of my family's genetic genetic yeah. issues yeah. you know what i mean yeah and um the thing that i think is great to bring it back to music is that trying to increase awareness about it uh, i think is good because people that are in our community that are suffering we we live in a the, this whole thing that's happening with just the, not just the artists here but the people standing yeah, out we there right now this is the beauty of the community it's, the jam it's, community. it's a good time thing yeah. you're not supposed to talk about not feeling good well everyone yeah. here is apparently feeling good yeah but that's not how depression works Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being out here and being able to be at something might just be an escape. Yeah. Because when you go, that's what happens to musicians is like when you're up there, it's like everything else goes away and it's awesome. But then you're going to be by yourself in a hotel room. Yeah. Everywhere you go, there you are. are. I mean, that's why. Chris Cornell. What you're you're talking about is the importance of if you raise awareness and you raise awareness, not only for those that uh, are suffering from depression and but not so deep that they can seek other alternatives like you did, Tim, and like pulled yourself out of it with the help of your wife and recognize that, oh, I got to change something. You need but to know that it's okay others, to seek help. Others that, right, not only as yourself, but also genetic, others that don't yeah. suffer from yeah. depression need to know that there are those that yeah. do understand warning signs and intervene in some way as a friend or as a family member and understand that maybe some people need other people need help yeah. even if i'm not suffering from depression it opens up the avenues yeah. that um if people are they don't look at it as such a stigma that it is something that people suffer from and people need help you can't do it on your own yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get depression in that situation but i got severe anxiety but part of this awareness and the cultural shift towards talking about mental health yeah. was like, it can be as, for some of them like me that I know it's not genetic. It was as simple as like, when my wife comes home going, I'm having anxiety today, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to function because my anxiety is so bad. And just having a conversation just with her saying was those enough words for, for me. Sometimes yeah. You like know what enough. I mean? I talk with, I, I work with a personal coach and she's yeah. her. The whole philosophy is, you know, here and now, don't no anxiety about the future and don't regret what's gone on in the past. I just continue to repeat yeah. that to myself that I'm, I'm you're making up problems in your head about what could happen tomorrow or what am I not doing today? That's going to happen and that that's going to affect me in the yeah. future. And those are important distinctions that to make. Sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that that much helps me. It but, sounds like Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. I mean, it's just like be in the moment, the power of now.
there is a power in now. Yeah. It's I mean, really, that's, it's that's all a, there really is. It's like right book. now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's really all there is. is right on, honestly, I don't, don't want to, I don't want to minimize it or anything. No, no, not but at all. It's, 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 it, those are no, mantras again, that help for, me for, personally. Yeah. When you find yourself situationally dealing with something to, to yeah. acknowledge it, because in the past it was like, you know, it's the, like the what old you school thing telling was, your wife about the anxiety was like, you didn't admit that there was something wrong with you. That wasn't a culturally acceptable thing to be like, I have something wrong with me. It's a sign of weakness or whatever. But now like people are talking about it. It's only a positive. Positive. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah, yeah no, that's the music be, community is is yeah. is jumping into this as well and making it more known. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's really back, important. Backline is uh, an amazing organization. So yeah. I totally, hundred percent support. Absolutely. Them. Yeah. I had Hillary Gleason on the show. Runs Backline. Talked to her a whole bunch. Hillary. She's, yeah. She's a, a she's wonderful. Beautiful friend of mine. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Consider myself lucky to know her. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for Railroad Earth? You guys have a recent album out and, um, you know, is there new material coming out or what's sort of what, what's, what does the road look like ahead in the, in the short term? Well, we're going to do a weird thing. Uh, the next time we play, we're doing this, uh, show out in Colorado where we're going to play two sets. And in the first set was going to be our first album in its entirety, like drop the needle. And then the second set is going to be the new album. Nice. Drop the needle and play it to the end. Nice, nice. So, right. which, which are, John Sheehan? It's going to be one off. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're not going to. Yeah, what's John's? Is he going to well, get out this little legal pad and write down just the track listing? Yeah. No, but John <laughs> John Skeen will be the first one to tell you that. Like, just because it worked on an album doesn't mean it's going to work. Well, you prove him, You can prove him wrong, or this will be a good. No, because uh, I, I totally agree with him. <laughs> so, but we're doing we're doing it anyway. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fuck all it. Right. We'll do it live. Right, that's cool. So that's one show. Yeah. What, what else is going on? You guys playing out through the rest of the year? Or what's, uh, I'm what's actually going in for surgery for. Uh, or, 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 I'm I'm sporting a beautiful hernia here down on oh, my shit. lower right, so I'm I can't, I can't pick up a lot of stuff, and so I'm going in for surgery on October 25th, and I'll be oh. down for four weeks. So then we have a we have a all little, right. Well, uh, good luck with that. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. It's just my fourth. I'm trying to collect them all and win big prizes. Oh you know man, I mean? your fourth hernia operation. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Got to. We'll work. We'll get you working on the abs. I don't know. Exactly. So long, I'm, ta- I'm 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 out of my I'm out of my element on this one. I have I a I have a uh, deviated sternum, so my all of these muscles that are through here are never really fully formed, and so I have a proclivity for hernias. And that's just my that's my lot in life. What are you gonna do? Yeah, there you gonna go. Just yeah. get on with it. You know, that's I have, I have flat feet and very bad vision. <laughs> We See, all have our. We all somebody. We all have I'm our things. Trying to yep. think of what my flaws are. You guys tell me. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't, don't know. know you well enough. I can't yeah, really. Uh, yeah, we'll, I don't have. This, an it's not about me. It's not. I think maybe you should uh, condition your hair a little more. Though. Should I though? Yeah, I think yeah, you should. Probably. Like, okay. Yeah. What kind of <laughs> conditioner do you use to? You're looking a little dry. Maybe moisturize. Thank you. I do. <laughs> I do. God damn it, you guys! I just I put on moisturizer this morning and I use a lot of sunscreen. So there it's you go. Simple fixes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's really. It's like you know. Self care. Do what you do. There you go. Well, thanks so much for being here, guys. This is a real pleasure. I like. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, we'll just do a quick fifteen minutes, and like, I think it's like forty-five minutes later, we're here still oh, yeah. talking. It's been great. Thanks, yeah, I've enjoyed it. So, so, thanks. so Thank really you. cool to talk. We covered philosophy. We covered mental health. We covered jam bands. I don't know. Well, uh, I'll think of something else for the for the next festival. But such a pleasure to have you guys here. And, thanks, Josh. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, very much. yeah. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, thanks Andrew. Yep. Cheers, brothers. Okay, well, that was 
the amazing Tim Carbone and Andrew Altman of Railroad Earth, as you heard in that just really, really spectacular interview. Uh, those guys were down to talk about anything. Go. We went in so many different directions during that interview. I got to say, honestly, that was one of my most favorite interviews that I've done so far. Uh, of course, the in-person interviews take on a life of their own, and they're really super fun. Um, this one was just... Uh, you know, guys were relaxed. It was their second set, second day here. They played two sets, uh, one set on in, in each for each day of the lightning bug. And, uh, you know, they were pretty, pretty relaxed here. Uh, it was heading into their set on, um, on a Saturday afternoon, the last night. And, uh, it was just, uh, so cool to have, uh, kind of like the front end in Tim, uh, playing violin and guitar up front and have that rhythm section represented, it represented by Andrew on bass. And we got into that really interesting music philosophy, uh, conversation about, uh, bass versus violin and the front end versus the back end with the interstate analogy. That was just really super interesting and got kind of a glimpse into what they're thinking is while they're up on stage, uh, inside a jam, for example, and where they're going, where they're headed, what they're listening to, uh, just really, really interesting stuff. We talked about jam bands worldwide, what that looks like. Um, you know, Railroad Earth's toured quite a bit over in Europe and, um, and just kind of what that look and feel is, uh, for a band, uh, on, uh, uh, in that, in that, environment also, which is kind of less of an improvisational environment. We sort of went into that as well. And I, uh, of course, we talked about mental health. Uh, Railroad Earth has done quite a bit uh, in that endeavor as well. And, uh, you know, shout out to Hillary Gleason with Backline that represents um, a mental health lifeline for those in the touring business that are out on the road and uh, need some help, as we all do from time to time. Of course, uh, that was just a really great interview. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, thanks again to Tim and Andrew for uh, really creating that artwork of an interview uh, with me. I really appreciated that. So uh, next up, really super excited to have been able to sit down with John Westbrook, who's a good friend of mine, uh, who is the festival organizer and head honcho at Lightning Bug Festival, which uh, which again just took place a couple weeks ago. As you know, uh, John is a real estate developer in Chicago. This was the inaugural Lightning Bug Music Fest. John is a massive music fan, live music fan, and just set out to decide and decided that he's going to create his own festival in his own way with acts that he loves and doing what he loves to do. He is an amazing, uh, amazing, amazingly hard worker. Sorry. Uh, did a huge amount of work to get this thing off the ground, literally worked continually seven days a week for a year. Uh, so incredibly devoted to this and worked tirelessly to make this entire festival happen. I'm so proud, uh, for him. Happy the way lightning bug fest turned out. It was just an amazing place and an amazing physical setting. And, uh, and you'll hear me, uh, talk to John as well. Uh, his network of friends is endless. And one of the interesting things that he's done is really, uh, many of the people that work are his friends and everywhere I went during the festival, uh, introduced myself, you know, introduced themselves as friends of John and they're, uh, you know, working PR, they're working, um, organizing logistics, etc. It was just really kind of a family environment. Um, and it was just a really great experience. And I was really glad to be able to talk to John and uh, get his, um, his perspectives. Uh, this took place 
during uh, Railroad Earth or just as Railroad Earth was starting last day. Uh, so we really got a good summary of what was going on with John during that time. So thanks again to John Westbrook for everything at this Lightning Bug Festival. Thanks for sitting down with me. And here's me and John talking at Lightning Bug. All right. I got the big cheese here. I got John Westbrook, chief honcho, head honcho. I don't know how many other adjectives I can throw in there, but the main organizer of this amazing lightning bug music festival. And I call John a friend. I'm so proud of him. And not, I don't mean that in some kind of weird way, but like the incredible amount of work it takes to put on this kind of thing. I'm doing all the talking. John, hi. Welcome to Roadcase. I'm so psyched to have you on the show. Hi, Josh. Thanks. I really, really appreciate you being here all weekend and uh, capturing a little bit of it. Thanks for thanks for having me, Matt. It's been a total pleasure. And wow. So, okay, let's set set the stage. Michaela Davis is playing with Southern Star. That's right. As we speak, they're absolutely fucking killing it. So thanks for choosing the 915 time. Right at the end of her set. I almost almost wanted to wait a little bit, though. The thing here is there isn't one second when there is music playing. Yeah, I know. Right. We have Railroad Earth coming next, but this may be Rashad Eggleston's 20th or 21st set that he's about to play next. Yes. And just um, to brief the crowd, there's a mul- like a multi-instrumentalist celloist. I don't know. He looks like a guy who's got the a kazoo Renaissance. on top of it. He's too. got a kazoo on top of the cello and he's been playing in between sets, which by the way, only separated by 5 minutes, which is amazing for a festival and the two the two stages are really close together so you barely have to move between one another musically and structurally i think it was set up really brilliantly and let's like thank you and this amazing venue talk about how you chose this whole like place well i didn't necessarily choose it it was more it chose you (laughs) it chose me yeah that's right i I never really thought about it like that um but yeah we We're here at this wonderful venue that is uh, a county park in, in Valparaiso, Indiana. And uh, we've got some of the best weather that we could, you could ever expect. Amazing. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. I said you did everything, right? Called in a favor for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully you didn't sell your soul. but No, no not yeah. yet. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> we'll talk about that in year five. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So you, how'd you pick this place? Um, so... This festival has existed in a different form previously, and um, I knew the gentleman that was a part of it. Uh, and the last year that it happened was in 2018. They had a wonderful lineup. Yeah, Billy Strings, Sam Bush. When Billy Strings was playing to 200 to 300 right. people, that's when you and I saw him on Father's Day of 2018 at Randolph Street. That's right, Market. That's right, or something. And that was that was actually though right before um, the Jeff Austin band set, which was. Oh, right. The, the last set? It, well, it wasn't was it? Jeff Austin. It was a 30 dB set, but uh, I haven't thought oh, about shit. that in a while. Jesus, yeah. And I was just talking about Jeff because I was talking about mental health mm-hmm. with Railroad Earth, with Andrew and Tim of Railroad Earth, which was an amazing interview. And Wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad to share that with everybody. Um, so this place, yes. this setting, yes. like, let's not go too far afield now, job. <laughs> Try to rally the, really in, man. The venue is very beautiful. Um, it's a natural amphitheater that really sounds fucking awesome it does like really really awesome totally um the backdrop of that is a protected prairie 
And um, within the last week, actually, it all turned golden. Yeah, I saw that. It was amazing. Previous to that, there's a lot of wildflowers. Yeah. Um, beyond that, we have camping for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And to get to camping, you you stroll down Penny Lane. Right. It's lit up in a very charming way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I... I've always thought this venue is beautiful, but it's been very gratifying to hear, boy, just countless people so over pr- and over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People have really, really liked it. Yeah. I mean, I've been out there in in the field and like talked to people and mm-hmm. stuff. And the Railroad Earth like loved it too. So, mm-hmm. that, so, um, was the prior lightning bug that you started to talk about with Billy mm-hmm. Strings was that at this location? That was at this location. Okay. Uh, so they host a, stuff, different music stuff here. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And. That was a uh, roughly a 1 p.m. to uh, sunset show. Oh, okay. Um, didn't have camping, single stage, no music at night. My personal experience has been that when you can camp in a beautiful area yeah. and the music can go late, things change dramatically. And I'm pleasantly surprised to... Uh, I've witnessed that this weekend. Change in what sense? Like the, just the physical feel, well, and like because well, like it's a sleepover festival, essentially. Well, for example, I, I'll last add night. that I did. I'll, I'll add with proud. I'm proud that yeah. I did drive home last night and sleep in my own bed. But well, still, it is, a camping, it is a camping festival. I got two hours of sleep last night <laughs> yeah, because we were uh, hanging out with Rashad um, at uh, all of our friends are camped together, and he was he was over. Nice. So, um, went to bed at about six. Um, Right after a pivot that we had to do today, which I'm super excited that we did do the pivot, Cedric Burnside canceled last minute, and we did something called a lightning jam, uh, which uh, Trevor Shepik's actually walking by right now, (laughs) um, and he was killing it on there. But Rashad uh, led that, and that was phenomenal. But after he walked off, you know, he said something to me. He said, uh, pretty great day for zero sleep. (laughs) (laughs) so he clearly didn't go to bed uh after i did and that's what changes that's that's the epitome to do do a camping thing here do you do a lot of festivals yourself is that how like Uh, a ton yeah Um, in fact that is where i i feel like i harnessed everything that i wanted to do here is through observing over the last decade plus Mm -hmm. um i spent all of my free time seeing music um going to thoughtful festivals and yeah um, it's kind of cool to see it pay off. I, um, have never put on any show or concert in my life. Right. This Which is the very a, first this one. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Start slow, John. Yeah. I don't really, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm not really behind that philosophy. I, yeah. uh, you do so many things and I, I was remiss to talk about your, your real estate development company where, you know, you just, uh, you buy all kinds of real estate and, and refurbish it. And I've seen some of your stuff and it's just amazing. So that's what you do. Like that's, the, that's your kind of day to day. That's of, the how and this, where we are this right is now the is the why. Right on, man. I mean, I knew that I figured that out like long ago, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, to get to this point, what was the, what was the point when you said, you know what, I really want to do this. I know, I know you've been involved in music so much. I see, you know, you and I see each other at tons of shows. I know you're a very enthusiastic music fan, uh, and have an appreciation for the industry and what it takes, but where, where was that? Um, was it a slower process? Was it kind of like something where you were like, you know what, I'm going to fucking do this. And how long between when you had that idea until you actually started the, started and put it in motion? 
Well, no, I mean, the idea came um, not long after I really started seeing live music and I was dramatically uh, personally affected by how powerful it is. Yeah. And um, kind of had an epiphany where I play drums when I'm no musician. Um, I want to be a part of this thing yeah. forever. Yeah. And I th maybe I was 19 or 20, so about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um where I realized that maybe my purpose of life was to be the vessel to allow musicians to share their love uh, and, and make people happy. Yeah. Um, and I remember, <clears throat> I actually remember being in college and talking to my closest friends, of which all of them are helping here. All, every single one of them yeah. is just making it as beautiful as it is. And I remember kind of giving them, okay, well, I'm here to create something like this it's up here i have no idea the steps to get there right um so yeah it's been it's been a long time uh in my mind and i uh i feel that this is just the beginning yeah hopefully this is going to keep going I'm, I'm really looking forward to the to the upcoming years yeah. for sure well not only just it's in this What's been the hardest part? Capacity, but others too. Awesome, awesome. That's great. What's been the hard? What was the hardest part in uh, in trying to put this together? Getting the talent, securing all the permits. You know, you know all the stuff. Um, Writing the check for this amazing sound system. You know, I mean, it's all <laughs> it's all hard. Um, it's been a year of planning. Yeah, probably been working fourteen hour days, seven days a week for a year. Um, that's the hard part. The easy part has been this entire week, including setting everything up. It's been just blissful the whole time. People, my friends have been asking me, well, how are you doing? Are you having fun? It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. I got Maybe shit's I getting out of control and you don't it, even know I realized it. I had never been backstage until yesterday. Oh. <laughs> well, the festival didn't start until yesterday. There was technically no backstage, but. I'd never been backstage until this. Oh, okay. Yeah ever welcome yeah it's nice it's pretty nice they're green we, couches we made a pretty great green room that we're sitting you in you really here. did yeah and actually I wish the lights did dimmed you, a little bit did you night, notice but... all the furniture's green i did because you pointed that out to me already like three times during the course of this weekend but you know i'm, I'm not counting oh uh, yeah uh yeah just amazing you know that 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 you you brought all this together i know i i, I knew when it was just an idea when you had things in place and you know we talked about some of the acts that you were approaching to have come on the bill um, it's just so inspiring to, to, you know, that I just, uh, that I, that I know you and that you've, you, 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 you yeah, did man, this we're friends. cause you fucking did this man Thanks. and you can fucking do what you want to do. You just put your, you know, you just focus on it and know that you can accomplish what you, what you set out to do. Even if those goals may, somebody, somebody maybe even told you that's unrealistic, you know, to host Every, another festival. Everyone. But I think like. Um, I don't know. I, I believe that, um, it's silly. I think for some people to, I think some people may think that this is silly, what I'm about to say, but I, I truly believe that anyone, I, I truly believe that anyone can do anything. Um, it's just really fucking hard. So if you're okay with it being really, really hard, then you can do it. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple in, in the, the philosophy behind it. 
Well, what's not the, simple when you, is, when you when you say something's really really hard though that's really vague what exactly do you mean by that well yeah. working 14 hour days for seven days a week for a year well who said you have to work 14 day 14 hour days? well because i still have my how to do my why yeah so that makes well, there's different factors hours. for everybody but i mean there's no doubt that it's yeah. tough i'm just trying to get to the, like what the kernel is for you that made it so difficult um well i think <laughs> what was the hardest part of the whole thing for you no no it, that, that's not or, it <clears throat> To put on any concert, it's clear to me that it's really, really hard. And anyone that buys a ticket for any amount of money, <laughs> you're getting the best deal in the entire world <laughs> for any band. It's that it's that complicated. There's that many moving parts. Um, How much more expensive do you think tickets should be to really reflect no, what I don't the actual think that, value? I don't is. think they should be more expensive. I just think uh, I didn't understand how hard it is to put. How complicated it is. Um, and maybe that's because this is the very first time I've done it and it gets easier over time. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so you feel that others should, like concert goers should have more of an appreciation for what it takes to put no, all this I'm on. not saying anything. I'm just giving you my point of view. Well, so, I mean, I'm just like trying yeah. to understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not trying to make a point, just giving more of um, a realization that I had yesterday. Yeah. Which is, boy, you know. It's a ton like, of work I feel, just to put this whole thing I on. Feel so like, I feel so good. I feel so happy. Um that everyone here is enjoying this because, uh, you know, it's cool. It's really cool. And I feel like um, everyone is going to leave feeling super good and that, yeah. you know, best bang for the buck ever. It's awesome. So you're happy with how the weekend went? More than I could ever imagine. I'm in awe. Yeah. Well, you had one cancellation, but yep. you know, that kind of shit happens, you know, I, I kind of moved in. I kind of got excited when it happened. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was so, I was so excited to, um, have Cedric here. Um, I met him, uh, Chicago blues fest. Uh, I went up to him afterwards and yeah. him and his drummer are just the nicest people ever. Yeah. Um, but it was like maybe 15 seconds and I was like, okay, cool. We have two artists at large. <laughs> awesome one yeah. is trevor and he's 17 years old and, right. and we got to get him out you know because he's that good we got rashad and and we've become friends over the weekend and he just has been rashad has made lightning bug unique specifically him yeah we're talking about the cellist yep um and then beyond that um i just kind of thought about who else was around and who may play well together and it was so fun i mean i had fun for like three hours this morning putting all together driving my golf cart around right. the hardest part of it was finding rashad <laughs> i did an all call and I, I, we couldn't find him and then my one friend was like oh yeah he's in the tree oh yeah uh, someone by, told me by, he was by in the, the entrance tree. so i actually i drove over there i can and yes. i looked around and i couldn't find him i said rashad and he said yeah he said are you having a good time in the tree oh yeah i've written a couple songs up here okay <laughs> What do you think about doing this? And he was so into it and excited. And, yeah, well, uh, hopefully he got down safely. Yeah, I mean, before so there's been, there's before been that like we major did major incidents here, like no, like yeah. Before that, uh, he did the nature walk. The guy did nature walk, and he climbed up a tree. I'm not exaggerating, sixty five to seventy feet up, and timed it with my friend, who's an arborist. Where um, on the nature walk, my friend said, "Oh, look at that bird up there," and Rashad was had his cello up. Oh my god! That high, <laughs> and was playing bird sounds. Um, 
he loves climbing trees. Yeah, this wouldn't be so funny if I didn't actually witness this guy and talk to him, and this is totally plausible, <laughs> and this 100% this happened. Uh, sure. And it's all about fun. It's all about the weirdness. I mean, yeah. it's like you, it, you can't be so black and white um, because that's not what all of this is about. Totally, totally. It happens once, may not ever happen again. That's the magic of all of this. I hope it does. What are your, what's your thing? Like today I'm asking you at the end of the festival, like, do you want to do this again next year? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind. Um, and it's, again, it's not in my mind, it's not just lightning bug. This was a opportunity and I'm, and it, it's phenomenal, phenomenal site. But like, I want to be able to be the vessel, um, for some time in many different capacities. Yeah. And I'm, I'm 30, I turned 31, um, in about a week and a half. So I do have time on my side, which uh, do, I'm man. always very, wow. grateful. I'm always very, very grateful for that. Um, and I, uh, you know, understand that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, dude. Congratulations, man. Thank you. It's amazing. I'm honored to know you. Thank you. Uh, not only just professionally, but personally. And this has been uh, just an amazing festival. Congratulations, dude. You fucking did it. Thank you. This is great. This is great. And thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing some of your viewpoints and, uh, and your, and uh, your perspectives, man. Yeah, man. Respect. Big love, Josh. I hope we do this again too uh, next year. How All about right. that? All right. All right. See you same time. Okay. Next year. Cheers. Sounds, sounds good, buddy. Thanks, Bye. man. Okay, that was me and John Westbrook just having a quick chat, fun chat right at the end of lightning bug music fest really great to kind of get up inside of his head and talk about what it really takes to put on a festival of this nature and a, kind of an appreciation of the the huge amount of work that it takes but let me tell you if someone can get it done john who is an incredible uh hard worker just an absolutely tireless workhorse really put this thing together and, uh, you know, really put things in perspective and um, uh, talked about the how versus the why. The how in his real estate developing company, development company, and the why is to put on something like this, which has been a dream of his for quite some time. And I was really happy to hear that, uh, that this is just the beginning. And I can't wait to see uh, Lightning Bug Festival grow over the years. And I'm so so psyched for John, so proud to know him. Uh, he's just an amazing individual and a good friend. And uh, I look forward to continuing to uh, go to shows with John and uh, basically just see where this is all going to go for Lightning Bug Music Festival. I really want to thank John again for including me in this amazing festival. I was really happy to bring uh, all these in-person interviews to my amazing listeners. And I want to thank John again for that. I want to send a big thank you again on this episode for uh, to Tim Carbone and Andrew Altman. And a special uh, thank you and send off to Andrew as he moves on uh, to his next endeavors. Like he said, he's going to be leaving Railroad Earth towards the end of this year. And I also hope to have Tim Carbone back on the show at some time for a full-length interview. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again to everyone everyone for being here for these two amazing special episodes from lightning lightning bug music festival and i want to send a special thanks again to my friend john westbrook for being here and for putting on such an amazing event thanks again to everybody and we'll see you next time on road case
Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. <laughs>